Welcome to Raised On It. You're in for a treat on this episode as I talk with Carlton Anderson. He's a country singer from Texas, and he talks about making the move from Texas to Nashville to chase his dreams. And he ended up landing a publishing deal, eventually a record deal, uh, but is now an independent artist. So he talks about those stories and those moments uh, when they happen. One of my biggest takeaways with chatting with him is how grateful he is uh, for having the publishing deal and being an artist and national and everything. But at the same time, he prides himself on being a hard worker and never settling. So it's a great conversation. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, quickly, we have two other podcasts you're probably familiar with on the Raise On It podcast network. The Album Collection and Video Vault was on a week and a half, two-week vacation the last two weeks or so. So uh, stay tuned. New episodes are coming, uh, if not this week, really early next week. We're also on Spotify. We have some great Spotify playlists. One of our recent ones we made is uh, all about deep cuts and hidden gems. So we picked out our favorite hidden gems from the first 12 albums that we covered on the album collection and made a playlist with those hidden gems and deep cuts. So check that out. Uh, And as always, you can find artist interviews, album recaps, throwback jams, and new artist features on our website at raisedonitblog.com. That is enough from me. And so let's get this chat with Carlton Anderson started. So I guess to start out, you grew up in Texas. So like what part of Texas did you grow up in? And, um, you know, what was that like as a kid? So I grew up um, outside of Houston. Um, I was actually born in Katy, which is a town that's outside of Houston as well, southwest. And then I grew up northwest of Houston in uh, Cyprus, the Cyprus area. And, uh, dude, growing up, man, my town was a lot more rural than it is right now. And just like, you know, most things, progress happens and things. And, you know, Houston's such a huge city. Um, I'd say about 10 years ago, about the time I moved to Nashville, eight or 10 years ago by the time I moved to Nashville they had just built this um this new highway so it just brought a lot of progress out that way man so it's a completely different place from what it was but growing up man my my dad he we used to have this local rodeo and my papa and my dad and my uncles it was put on by the by the uh by the uh by the school and all that sci fair, the school in the area. Um, they put it on and, uh, it was just a local high school rodeo program. And that was something that we would do on the weekends. And man, it was, it was just kind of, you know, just that every, you know, every day kind of Texas thing, man. And, you know, music of course was, was always a big part of that dude. And, you know, we, it was a lot of hard work and, and, you know, fishing on the weekends if we could and stuff like that. But, uh, man, it was, uh, it was a good upbringing for sure, man. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad to be from Texas. I'll be the first one to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place. I've, I've been in Houston once and I uh, just, the growth of it seems kind of crazy, but it you're, is you're growing, you're growing up and I'm curious, you know, we're called raised on it. So we're always curious, you know, who are the artists that you were growing up listening to? I know, you know, Texas, there's Texas country. So that's a little bit different than more the mainstream national things so curious you know kind of who the artists were that you were growing up with as a kid honestly yeah and i didn't find out i think you have to hit like eighth grade or later to to really start hearing the texas country stuff because you you really really, it's more of uh, and i don't and i'm not shortchanging the genre whatsoever when i say this but it really is like something that 
you learn about like when you're in high school, you know what I mean? Like it starts there. I feel like the Texas hmm. countryside. So, but like my upbringing and everything, you know, I had, uh, of course, George Strait, you know, was always on the radio. He still is man. Every yeah. other Every other song down here is on the radio. Oh, Texas, of course, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, of course, George Strait, Willie Nelson, man, uh, those two are my favorite. And then from there, it's, you know, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings. I love um, Alan Jackson. Um, I love him as a songwriter and as an artist because he was one of those rare breeds that could do both. Um, And, you know, going into the 90s and stuff, you know, I I was born in the 90s, so that's that's what I grew up listening to that's what I was raised on literally um so people like Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney and uh those guys that were coming up through them I I just I love their music and uh it especially at that time period in early 2000s mid 2000s it just really uh their music you know specifically inspired me and um, but I'd say that my, my Mount Rushmore is definitely those guys I named earlier. It was like, you know, George Strait and Willie and Merle Haggard and those guys. I just, the stuff they did was so timeless, man. It's, it's like, it made sense back then and it still makes sense now. It's crazy, man. That's exactly what you strive for as a, as a writer and as an artist, man. Yeah, I know a lot of the stuff, you know, going to the, you mentioned the nineties and early two thousands, like if they play that now, it fits, even yeah. though countries you know they have you know somewhat of a more modern and different influences uh playing a part so i'm curious too when you're you're a kid what did you want to be when you grew up did you always want to be a musician you know it's crazy something in me was always pulling me towards music or the arts or something you know what i mean that's that's uh and I can't explain that, honestly. It's just, I always just knew, but everything else was pulling me in a different direction, you know, the world and just, you know, the town and just everything, just life, you know, um, where I'm from, it's like, it really is like you, you either get a scholarship or you go to work or you go to the military. It's like, you know, there's not, yeah, some people went to college. I was thankful. I, I got to go to college, you know, I got you know, I got into one and all that, but that's not a choice that everybody makes. So it wasn't so much, you know, um, everybody else. It was more just myself. And after just, just, you know, kind of weighing out the options and understanding like working enough odd jobs and, and doing enough things to realize like, man, I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to do this. I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm young. I can, I can, I can do it. I don't have anything holding me back. So I was like, you know, why not? Um, and I was a late bloomer as far as starting music. I didn't start until I was 17 and um, after I graduated high school. So it wasn't something that I was doing my entire life or, or even that I had the confidence to do it. It really took, um, it took a lot and it took a lot of living as well to, to get me to that point to be able to do it. And then that naturally took you to Belmont and was that did you always want to make the move to Nashville? Is that kind of lined up like, Hey, I can go to Belmont and chase his dream while still get an education. Um, what was kind of the, the thought process behind going to Belmont? Cause it's, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's a very, not, not cutthroat, but everyone's there competing to get their big break. I feel like it's a healthy competition, but yeah, I was always, I come from, like I said, military and working class family. So that's really all we know. And, 
I was always the, the lecture I got growing up is you don't want to do what I do, go to school, go to, yeah. go to college, do something else, you know, and that was also a bit of a driving force, but, uh, you know, um, but with that, I, I just, um, man, there I go again, rambling, rambling on, but, um, that was a driving force. And then once I, once I heard about Belmont actually from my ex-girlfriend that was, I had no idea about Belmont to begin with. Uh, oh, wow. yeah, my ex actually, that was her dream school. And, um, I was like, man, I, like I said, I, I was young. I'd, I didn't have anything hold me back in Cypress, Texas. I'd, I'd played around quite a bit. I thought that I was ready to move to Nashville and I knew that's where you needed to move to, uh, to make things happen. So, um, Belmont just seemed like a right fit. I mean, Everything except for the money part. I applied. I applied to Belmont three times in a row, and I was accepted each time. But for one reason or another, you know, just student loans or, or something was holding me back. And um, but it was God's time, man. Honestly, so I feel like uh, I got there when I was supposed to be there. It gave me enough time to hone my craft a little bit before moving to Nashville. Um, and then once I got there, I just really hit the ground running. And uh, like you said, it, it is a healthy competition, especially at <laughs> Belmont. But you would be surprised, man. Luckily, um, and I say that, but I don't know if it was luck. But, uh, you know, you wouldn't think so. But country music's not the the number one genre at Belmont. So there was a lot of other music. Really? I did not have to compete with, which was, you know, I was thankful for. Um because there's just so many other genres people are interested in and country seemed to kind of be on the back burner. So yeah, just, uh, it was me and a, a handful of other people, a couple of handfuls of people. And, uh, so that kind of made it cool, but, but I was thankful to get there. So when you're at Belmont and that whole experience, what was the most important thing you learned from that experience and how it's helped you in your career? Um, is it more so on the, the actual performing aspect or behind the scenes, the business side of it i'd say the 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 most important thing i learned from belmont is that um it can it can get you there but you have to do the work honestly like and i learned that early on in life but with belmont um you know there is there you can't be guaranteed just like everything there's no guarantee at belmont um just because you go there that doesn't mean that you're gonna you know, be the next this or that. Um, Cause every, everyone that goes to Belmont is talented and good exactly, for the yeah, most part. Yeah. For the most part, it's a lot, it's full of a lot of talented people. So, um, I, my degree, you know, I, I got a music business degree. So that was basically, it was basically a business degree. There was a couple classes, a handful of classes where you learn the surface level music business kind of language and understanding, but like everything else, you got to get your hands dirty and you got to, you know, really get in there and, and, and just do it. That's the only way, you know, you can get better at something. So, um, I feel like school in general teaches you time management and teaches you to hopefully, you know, juggle multiple things. And, and so I, I was able to get pretty good at that. So that wasn't, that was another thing I can uh, add to the list. So how long was it after Belmont till you got, what you consider maybe your first big break, whether it was publishing, recording, you know, what was that gap if there was a gap? Um, and what was that time period like for you? So thankfully I, and don't get me wrong. I've, I've, I, we can, we can have a totally separate podcast on, you know, music 
business hardships. But uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily, I uh, I was able to um, sign a publishing deal with Warner Chapel before I graduated college. I signed that in 2015, and I, I graduated in 2016. And um, it was I can't tell you the the weight it lifted off my shoulders, um, just in general. Um, just for everything. I remember sitting in the tunnel about to graduate and walk out and just overhearing conversations here and there and people saying, you know, they still didn't know what they were going to do or they were going to move back home. And I was just so thankful that that wasn't what was in store for me, at least for the next couple of years. Um, and so, um, yeah, that was, that was great. I, I, I really couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't have, pictured it to work out better than that um now there, there has been hardships in between and the, the struggle is definitely real and it's not all sunshine and and roses and stuff but but that that was a huge blessing and I, i'm very thankful for that was it one of those things that you anticipated you saw coming i mean you're you know yeah. everyone has you know rose-colored glasses to a certain extent but is right. it is still a business and it's competitive so I'm curious if there was, you know, what was that day like when that weight was lifted off your shoulders? What was, you could walk me through that. Yeah, man, I, I owe that to uh, my buddy, Ben Gallagher, who was an artist at Sony records at the time. And um, he just kind of, we were writing a couple songs together at school and he got signed to that deal. And my name was on some songs and, um, and that's kind of how most of my opportunities have happened. Funny enough, I moved to town to be an artist, but the songwriting side is what led has led to, you know, some of my best opportunities. And so that got me into the room with a couple of A&R people. And um, one thing led to another, I was able to get into the room with a couple publishing companies in town. You know, I'd been told no by everybody in town. And I think you have to be told no. I think it's like a rite of passage or something that you know, everybody tells you no before somebody says yes. But once everybody says yes, once somebody says yes, everybody says yes. And, and that's just the way it goes. But, um, but I was getting told no left and right. And, um, I had, a, I had a meeting with Warner Chapel and, and they liked what I was doing and they saw something in me that enough to sign me. And, um, I still, at the time, you know, I'd understood like, man, this is amazing. I get paid to write songs, but I didn't signing it just felt like everything that I'd worked for was coming to fruition but I I, I still I still don't even think I understand the, the full you know concept of hey I'm sometimes I do need to snap out of it and just realize like I'm I'm part of that lucky few that get to do that and 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 it's just a it's a blessing to be part of something like that yeah I'm sure it's one of those you sign the deal and you kind of exhale and you feel good but then it's time to get to work you got to write songs yeah, that's always been my thing too and that's just the way i was raised man um is is go to work you know go to work just just go to work and keep your nose down and and keep going and then and so that's that's kind of what i've been doing the last almost eight ten years and and uh <laughs> man it's it's uh but but every now and then it's it's nice to look up and see what you've done and, and count the accomplishments, man. Because you know the music industry is so open ended. It's not it's not like construction or anything else where you have a finished product or a, you know you have a song, right? Um, but your ultimate dream is for that song to be heard by as many people as possible. But that's not right. That's not necessarily going to happen the day you write that song. The day you finish that building, people get to enjoy it. 
you know what I mean? And so it's just, it's, it's just a process. And, um, and, and so that's, that's kind of, uh, that's the music industry, you know, and that's, it's definitely the way it is for songs. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about, so in 2018, you signed with Sony, you were with them for a little bit. Yeah. Um, you're, you're independent now. So oh, yeah. I'm curious, you know, what you learned from that experience and what kind of creativity, you know, the freedoms to be creative now as an independent artist, you know, what that's, uh, how that's been going so far. Yeah. Uh, that was once again, a great lesson. I mean, I feel like everything you can learn from it. And I certainly learned a lot. Um, I was thankful enough to have a single at radio. I was able to go on radio tour. Um, really the, the, I think the biggest thing that I learned was to hone the professional side of the industry because you know there is the the other side to where you you need to remember names and you need to remember faces and you need to you know show up uh show up and be the guy on the on the poster you know what i'm saying just yeah it's it's the it's the suits and briefcase side of it right right and but you know and and so it's it it kind of it kind of showed me like hey this is the big leagues like if 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 you want to do this this is, you know, how it is. And that's what you got to do. And you got to show up and you got to be the guy, you know? And so, um, it, it really matured me as an artist, I feel like. Um, and, and also the ins and outs, I feel like I could be a manager for another artist <laughs> at this point, you know, just from personal experience and just from lessons and, and just living and, and going through it. Um, but uh, I could go all day, but I, I learned a lot about radio. I learned a little bit about, um, you know, the, the, another thing um, that I'm thankful for was um, as far as just a little bit about social media, um, marketing and um, streaming. That is how important that is now. Um, and then there was, there was some, they, they, when you sign with a label, you do media training. And I'd say that that was a, that was a good experience. I felt like some of it was needed, but um, I learned a little bit from that too, man. So they'll put you through a bunch of stuff and um, it's, it's, it's cool. It was, it was a great experience and um, I'm thankful that I'm able to, you know, put those lessons towards an independent career right now. And, um, you know, I'm definitely not shying away from another label down the road, but I just feel like right now it's a good time to be independent. And I feel like, you know, we're building onto something nicely. And I just, you know, I think next time we come to the table with a label, we'll have, you know, something to show for it. Do you think more other artists, I mean, yeah, there is a benefit to being with a label, uh, but just from, you know, creating music that you want to, do you think there are more artists that are going to have the confidence and resources to be independent rather than necessarily feeling the pressure that they have to? sign with a label yeah i think with especially now with the, how music is right now um there's there's so many avenues you can you can use to get your music heard and you don't necessarily yeah. have it's not like you know if you're not with a label you're not relevant there's been so many people that have blown up to the point where you know it's a label just has to sign them and then that's just kind of you know that's just kind of how it is and um and so i don't think I can see if I hadn't gone through what I've been through, the 
because before I'd signed to a label, it was like, man, I need to be on a label. I have to be on a label. That's the only way I'm going to succeed. But, you know, I, I firmly believe, and I can just, I can go and list, and I'm sure you can too, just, you know, how, how many people that are independent that are, that are, you know, making a living and then some and supporting other people and feeding other mouths. And that's really cool. I mean, that's, and then, you know, they've got a solid fan base too with or without radio um, that love, love what they do. So I, and that's, you know, with the help of Spotify, Apple, Pandora, all the stuff, all YouTube. I mean, all those other places you can hear music now. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's changing. It seems by the minutes, every time there's a new thing popping up and, more people are tuning in to not just the radio. Uh, I want to dig a little deep into your songwriting and like your process of writing a song, you know, is it, do you have a core group of songwriters that you really like to write with that you've, you know, you've just jived with them and you have a really good sense of, you know, working together or do you like working with new people to get new ideas um, on a given basis? That's honestly, I, I, I do both. Um, I, I've, I've got a couple people that I know I can always just go to and we can get good songs, you know? Um, but I love writing with new people. Um, I never wanted to get like camped out and, and just, you know, in with the same people every time because yeah, you're, you bring up a great point. You know, your ideas can kind of get stale. It's like, you need, you need fresh ideas or new angles. And I firmly believe that, you can learn from anybody and and I love that's one of my favorite favorite things about songwriting is if I get you know took to school like if somebody shows me how it's <laughs> like, all right that means I learned something today and I can apply that to the next one and um you know so I, I love you know I'm, I always tell my my guy Will Overton at uh Warner Chapel, you know, I'm, I'm open for, for whatever. And, um, one of the cool things, man, um, something that I've been doing lately is also, I've always wrote for myself and other people, but now intentionally writing for other artists. And, and it's been really cool, um, to take what, once again, just like what I know about the live show and, and, and applying that to an, uh, you know, quote unquote new artist, whether it's on a label or an independent artist, it's, it's been really cool to, um, to, to approach a song that way too, man. It's, it's, it's just different than approaching it as if, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to sing this or I'm going to try to pitch this to somebody. So that's, that's been something I've been doing lately. That's been a lot of fun. How do you get into that mindset of whether it's, you know, you're a specific artist or, you know, that you're thinking of, or is it a, a type of artist, you know, how do you get in that mindset where you got to kind of detach your own personal feelings and mm-hmm. experience and write to that? How does that, how does that work for you? Sometimes I'm just terrible. If I start out, <laughs> well, most times I'm terrible. If I start out with, okay, I'm going to write a song for blank today, Blake Shelton or George Strait or whatever, whoever it is. I'm going to try to write a song for them. Whenever I start out like that, that just immediately puts you in a box and you, it's hard to get out of that. And uh, so I just, I really start, I, you know, and I I learned from, um, I've learned a lot from a guy named Phil O'Donnell, who is just, he's a great songwriter comes from the old school songwriter where they take like three days to write one song when nowadays you can crank, three songs out in one day so that's nuts 
Yeah. So he, he, he's taught me a lot, man. And, um, and so, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I lean on stuff like that. And, and, you know, I just, the first thing that I do, instead of just thinking of who am I going to write for, um, if I am going to write for somebody else is no matter what, it's always the idea. It's gotta have, you have to have an idea. You have to have a good idea. Um, and, it can, it can start out that way, or it can start out with a little melody riff, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I, I firmly believe you have to have a good idea to have anything to write about to begin with, you know? And so I, I try to start there. Um, and then sometimes, you know, melodies will just pop out and you've got no words or nothing. It's just like, all right, that's a good melody. I think that could be something. And then you let it sit and see if anything comes to you. But, uh, but there's so many different ways to go about it, man. But um, I, I love just a great idea and the melody. Those are two important things for me. Which is easier to chase? Because, yeah, sometimes it's you got that, that melody in your head or the lyrics. Is, there, yeah. is one of them easier than the other? On, yeah, honestly, that's, that's a tough. They, they work hand in hand <laughs> so much. I think um, sometimes the lyric can be uh, can be a little easier, um, and, uh, just depending on what you're writing about. To be honest, and and uh, you know melodies, you know sometimes they just they fall out, and sometimes you got to dig for them. Um, but but I just uh, they they work hand in hand so much, and it and it's almost like once you figure one out, the other one kind of falls into place you know it's sure. it's, it's funny how that works out sometimes too um or you know a lot of times I, I just write ideas in my phone and then you know then my my if a melody comes I'll I'll have it in my voice memos in my phone and so if anything matches up if a melody sounds like a title or vice versa then yeah. you know, sometimes that kind of works out but um but they those two things go go hand in hand how would you say, just lastly on songwriting here, how would you say your your own songwriting style has evolved from five or six years ago to, you know, when you got your first publishing deal to now? What, you know, how has that evolved? And I assume improved if you're writing every single day and working with the best other songwriters and just meeting all the talented people that there is in country music. Right. I, honestly, yeah, I think, um, man, that's a great question. I'd say I understand more now as far as the structure and where a song should go instead of so much like guessing and wondering. I used to be able to start songs or, you know, have a, have a verse and a chorus, but I'd never know where to take the song. I don't know, you know, I didn't know what the second verse needed or, or I put everything in the first verse so I had nowhere to go in the second verse, you know? And so, um, writing with people like Phil and, and Tony Lane, Tom Douglas, I mean, David Lee Murphy, just some, some of the people that I've been able to learn from some of my Casey Bethard, I mean, some of my favorite lessons wow. in, in the, in the songwriting room, um, have just taught me so much. And I, I'd say now I know how to finish a song better than I ever have and know where to take a song. And then the artist side feeds into the songwriting side as well, because playing the shows in front of, in front of people, you understand what works live and what may not work live. And um, yes, I do believe that anything can work 
uh, <laughs> given the Just, art, given the artist, but you know, quote unquote, uh, when I say, you know, what works, you know, what works for me, I guess, but just as far as a country song and everything, it's like, you know, what people buy it on. It's, it's just a, it's a good, good thing to have that knowledge in, in your bag of tricks and stuff. So, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I know where to take a song now. So I'd say that's one of the biggest, biggest lessons I've learned and, and, and growth wise. That's really interesting. Um, I want to talk about new music because I believe yeah. last month you put out uh, a new EP, yours. So what was the inspiration behind that and, you know, putting out your own music, you know, as independent artists, what was, you know, that whole project like for you? Yeah. So with yours, that was the first uh, project I put out independently as far as, you know, four songs we put out when baby gets a buzz last November. Um, that was just kind of a single just to, uh, keep things going through the, you know, Christmas and all that. I didn't want to wait <clears throat> an entire, you know, six more months before I put out new music. Um, so I just, I put that one out. And then um, with this, with yours, some of these songs are a couple years old. Some of them are only, you know, six months to a year old. And um, I just, I always knew I wanted to put out an acoustic album, um, but it was, it wasn't, necessarily uh so soon it wasn't supposed to be so soon anyways we had this great big plan with um before covid hit and everything just like everybody else had a plan sure um we had shows lined up and we were going to put out some singles some full band singles and and you know some nice you know good honky-tonking country music and then covid hit and everything slowed down and the shows went away and 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 everything just kind of stopped you know the music industry just kind of stopped and it kind of has just minus the we're figuring ways around it now but for a little while there it was kind of scary and still is it is still is scary but but we were just figuring ways around it and um yeah with yours uh i just with the acoustic ep since since everything fell through um as far as covid kind of shutting everything down i felt like we were in a very acoustic time period everything was slow and just people were at home and um, I knew I needed to put something out um, just to just so so people could listen to it at home or wherever they were and um, and so I I, I just kind of sifted through my producer and I mentioned him earlier Phil O'Donnell him and I we've done a lot of acoustic songs over the years just just songs we've written and we'll go in there with just an acoustic guitar and and a, and, and a vocal mic and and lay down some stuff and we've we stockpiled a couple of these things and um, you know I was just like man I want to I want to put some of this stuff out I mean we've been sitting on it for so long and and some of these songs, yours uh, specifically, the title track, I've been playing that song out for, you know, three, three or so years. Um, people have gotten married to that song. And, and so I'd, I'd witnessed life events to this song. So I knew it was a great one to name. The what prop. is that? What is that like knowing someone got married and that's their, that's their song? It's, is it's that unbelievable. Special? It's unbelievable, man. I, I've had one, we were playing a show one time and, and pull me back in. But since you brought this up, I'll blame this one on you, <laughs> but, <laughs> Fair uh, enough. but it's, it's amazing. It's such an amazing feeling. It's like, all right, job well done. That's what that feels like. It's like, that's all right. You, you did your job. That's, you know, you, you, you told your story and it was somebody else's story as well. Um, I was playing in Austin one time and I, I've got a song we'll be putting out uh, later on. It's called no place like you. 
and we we get into this song we're playing it and then this circle and it's and it's um in an outdoor pavilion kind of a church rock outdoor pavilion and yeah everybody's standing you know so um this circle starts to open up and i'm like oh crap somebody's about to fight this is not like you know this is a, <laughs> this is a love song like why is somebody about to fight right now um so I'm getting ready to be like Billy Badass and like stop the fight. Uh, what trying to keep my composure and sing this love song, but it was this guy and he ended up proposing to his wife just right there in the middle of the show to this song um, that you know he had never heard before. And he and I, I met him after the show, got a picture with him, and um, I, I told him I was like, dude, I thought somebody was about to fight, and he was like, we were just listening. Um, no place like you. It's a, tra it's kind of a traveling song, you know, there's no place like you, you know, but you've sure. seen it all, been there and seen it all. And this guy was a truck driver and he was, uh, I got to talk to him after the show and he was just like, yeah, man, I, we were just listening to the song and I'd planned on proposing while Gary Allen was playing later that night. Cause we were opening for Gary, but he's like, man, the song just felt right. And it just felt like the right time to do it. So I just, did wow. It. It's like, Man, so moments like that, you know, if somebody wants to propose or, or, or make it their wedding song or something, it's like, man, well, first off, that's how you know it's it's a good song. It's affected somebody like that. And then, you know, you're just like, man, that's that's a job well done on my that's, – that's the biggest compliment, the biggest blessing. It's like that's bigger than, you know, any check. It's like, well, no, you, your song affected somebody. So that's, that's, that's the biggest thing, dude. So um, – but – but back to uh, back to yours and the EP itself, um, you know, so I've been playing yours out quite a bit. So I knew it was a great song to wrap the rest of the project around. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd planned on putting this acoustic EP out after we'd put out all these, you know, shined up full band masters. But um, I was just like, man, this is the right time to do it. So I just broke it down. I was I was, you know, back in Texas and, you know, I just wanted to put something out that was that had my stamp of approval that had my name on it it just got back down to you know my foundation just fiddles guitars vocals faith texas i mean just country music you know and um and i'll just pick pick these four songs and you know one of them uh was a song uh goodbye san and tone which i just i just I love waltzes that's kind of the willie nelson inspiration a little bit you sure George Strait and stuff um blue bonnets is one of those songs that's the newest song on the uh, project and um it's uh it's been one of the it's a state flower in texas that's the texas state flower and it's really only native in texas and mexico uh, as far as like the uh north america goes and uh but i've but that song's been received well in like the northeast and just places where i never would have thought people would you know get behind that song and yeah and so that's been really cool to see that. Um, and then Jesus wins, man, that song right there, I recorded that actually while I was at Sony and they were nice enough to, um, give that song back to me because I was wow. just, I was really called to put that song out, man. I'm not a, I'm not a politician or a preacher or anything, but I do believe that what I'm supposed to do is speak through a song and, you know, 100% wholeheartedly agree with, everything that song says, you know, Jesus wins. And I, I specifically put that on the end because, you know, I, I intended for people to listen to this all the way through. It's only four songs, you know, so. Um, yeah, I, you want to end on that kind of. Right. Feeling, I, I wanted, yeah, message. I wanted, 
Yes, especially in the time we're in right now. If I know one thing, it's that Jesus does win, and you know, it, it, he saves. He does it all, man. And and that song, I just wanted to leave. I wanted to leave people with, uh, you know, that sort of message. And and it's also the first sort of, I'd say, message I think I've ever really made in my music. I've always put out, you know, fun honky tonk or love songs or something like that. Sure. And that one is, you know, just a little deeper kind of, you know, you something that I've, I'm, I have to stand by now forever. And I'm 100% okay with that. No, that's, that's great to hear the, the stories about how the songs affect, you know, a random person that was going to propose an hour later end up, he's down on a knee proposing to your song. And then yeah. your songs are affecting you because you have that, you feel more, you know, you, you believe in your songs and that messaging, talking about Jesus and faith. So it's just, it's really cool to hear that from the artist's uh, perspective. Um, just a couple last questions here for you. I know yeah. hopped on Instagram today and um, Haley Witters put out a video circling around yeah. uh, the, the socials about, you know, she has a song called 10 Year Town and she had a video out today with different songwriters and artists talking about, you know, the, the theme of how Nashville and country music can be a 10 year town. So wondering if you have any advice for your younger self specifically, or any other artists, songwriters that are coming through the ranks, you know, what advice would you give them um, in a business and industry that, um, you know, doesn't reward you right away, right off the bat? I, you know, some of the, you have to work hard. Got to be, I, I want to say the hardest worker in the room, but you, you have to work hard. It's not something that, you know, it's just going to be, you're, it's not a luck thing where you just fall into it. Um, but also be yourself because I feel like, and I've seen it and um, I've seen it happen many times but people tend to, you know, lose sight of who they are or the reason why they came to town or the entire reason why they're writing or singing or, or their love for music. And it's remember that you're always a fan first. I think I always try to remember that I was always a fan first. And I'm still a fan of country music. Like at the end of the day, I'm a fan. Yes, I get to be part of it now, but I'm still a fan, you know, and you, I don't think you should ever lose that part of who you are because it'll keep you grounded for one, but it'll also keep you remembering, like I said, who you are as an artist or as a songwriter, because the town changes so much. It, it does so much, you know, things happen all the time. It, it'll mess with your head. It can mess with your head. And, and, and you just need to remember like, what you do is unique to you and you don't need to be to try, try to be like anybody else because there's already that person. There's not another you. So that's what you need to focus on. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job at that, but the one thing I would tell my younger self, and I'd say this to anybody else is also just keep walking because, <laughs> you know, no matter what, something's going to happen if you keep walking, but nothing's going to happen if you stop. And, and that's, that's the, that's something that I, I'll live by forever. Um, and I, and I 100% believe. That sounds like a song title for you in the future. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go right there, man. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, and, and just be happy and stay positive, man. This, 
Nashville is where dreams really do come true, man. And I love that you brought up that video because even I needed to see that. And I, and I don't ever doubt anything. I'm just, you know, whatever, but everybody needs to see a message like that. It's like, Hey, and I don't know how familiar you, I don't mean to question your, your smartness on the songwriters in that video, but, um, or how Craig, Craig Wiseman and, 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 Natalie Hemby and um, you know they had Lori McKenna, yeah, Lori McKenna, and just Michael Hardy. Uh, I mean, even and that he he is. Uh, the, I know that dude. I've known him for a while, and I know he used to have to. You know, he used to do like a landscaping job. He's done all kinds of stuff to before he became what Hardy. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, and and Craig Wiseman too, man. That you know, it, it's just. I love that they use those songwriters too, because they've all gone through some sort of struggle, but they've all been probably, you know, arguably some of the most successful songwriters we've ever had, you know? So that's, that's the, that's the great part about that video. That was an awesome video. So lastly, I know we're in these weird times and it, it can be depressing and frustrating, I guess, you know, for yourself, how do you stay positive and optimistic? And then what is, the rest of this year look like for you? Um, I'm assuming a lot of artists are already setting their eyes to 2021 to get back uh, on stage in front of fans. Yeah, we, we're looking at a couple of uh, opportunities this year for some socially distant shows. Um, you know, it's, it's a little easier when you're not trying to sell stadiums or arenas or anything like that. <laughs> um, the some some places are a little more lenient um but but for now um you know yeah i i hate to look too far ahead but we are looking looking ahead and um i know we're we're looking to put out more music in september i don't want to um wear the new off of yours just quite yet but i do want to keep putting out music just because we have so much of it um but yeah I, I, I'm I'm thankful right now because I've been able to sp- spend as much time around family as I've been able to in in uh, years. So that's how I'm keeping that's how I'm keeping sane for the most part, and just you know making the most of the time. I feel like this is a everybody's on the same playing field right now as far as you know the kind of hand we're dealt. It's like now we we've got as much time as we as we need to do the things we need to do, and um, Luckily, I can still write songs and, and sing on them and stuff like that. But I can't wait till we can actually get back out there and start playing again, man, because that, that, that is actually driving me a little crazy. I'm getting a little stir crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to driving, you know, 20-plus hours a weekend and, and just playing shows and just running the roads, man. And it's been, it's been three or four months since we've done that. So it's, I, I will never take that for granted again. I, I, I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I don't think you're going to be alone in that at all. I think once those, those first couple shows start happening, everyone's, everyone's going to be wild and just the time of their life. I think. Yep. Oh, oh, I know it's true, man. I know it. Well, thanks so much Carlton for chatting with me and telling, you know, your story of how you grew up, moved to Nashville, you know, lived a life already in Nashville in a 10 year town. And, uh, talking about the new music so i'm just going to encourage everyone listening to this to to go check out yours and the other songs on the ep so thanks again for taking the time and uh we'll be rooting for you and looking forward to the new music in september awesome man thanks aaron i appreciate you man